All right, welcome on in to the Jazz Talk Podcast, uh, part of the Wasatch Podcasting Network. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. <clears throat> now, as you can probably already tell, um, I don't have much of a voice today. I'm actually just getting over a cold. Um, the last two days, I haven't been able to talk at all. Um, and this is where my voice is right now. Um, but I'll try and get through this without sounding like a sicko and, you know, try and make it as good as quality as possible, but I need to get this episode out. Um, <clears throat> it is the, what is it, the 9th, I think, of January, 9th or 10th, something like that. Um, but anyway, so the Jazz right now are on a bit of a hot streak. Um, <clears throat> they've lost, or they've won uh, 11 of their last 12 games going for, uh, another one tonight against the Charlotte Hornets, which is a team that they can, they can easily beat and it's at home. <clears throat> um, a big part of this has been the trade to pick up Jordan Clarkson. Um, Donovan Mitchell taking over the offense, Joe Ingles getting on a hot streak. Um, but the thing I want to talk about is Tony Bradley moving in as the backup center, which moved Ed Davis to the third center position, and he just he doesn't see the floor anymore unless we're blowing out teams. And so what I wanted to talk about today was <clears throat> is what to do with Ed Davis. Um, you know, we signed Ed this summer to a two-year deal at about $5 million a year, um, <clears throat> and he looked like a great fit. Ed is a great backup center. Um, his last couple stops in, in Portland and in Brooklyn, he's been a great backup center, been super valuable off the bench, great rebounder, good defender. Problem is he just has not fit into the system in, with the jazz. He's not a pick and roll offensive player, um, which is what the jazz base their big man offensive offense off of, um, and with Rudy Gobert being as dominant as he is and as in good a shape as he is, we only need a backup center for 11 to 14 minutes a night. Ed Davis is a guy that has great success with being basically a center-by-committee type offense where um, <clears throat> instead of having one center dominate the minutes, you have two pretty equal centers like him and Jared Allen last year where they share the time. And anyway, what I'm trying to say is Ed Davis does really well off of 17 to 22 minutes a game when he has time to really get his flow, get into the flow of the game um, and make his impact that way. Um, So the Jazz have a couple options here. They can keep him around. Um, He's he's actually been kind of okay with being put on the bench I I mean I'm sure he doesn't like it but he hasn't been causing trouble he's really tried to take Tony Bradley under his wing and show him how to be a great backup center in this league Um, listening to David Locke apparently Ed Davis has been taking Tony Bradley out to dinner on like a nightly basis and just constantly around him constantly talking to him trying to get him um more comfortable with the role and more comfortable playing big time NBA minutes. So that, that is valuable. Um, 
But the Jazz are also an organization that they like to do right by the player. Um, <clears throat> and personally, I think the right thing to do for Ed Davis is to send him to a team that needs him, that will give him you know, that 18 to 20 minutes a night that he can play and he can be very effective in. Um, and so I have come up with a trade that I think for all three teams involved in this trade, um, it would help them all out, out a lot. Ed Davis would get the playing time he wants. The Jazz get a better option as their third center that isn't a key veteran like Ed Davis. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, the trade that I've come up with is to send Ed Davis to the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks can take his contract right in. They have the open cap space to just absorb his contract. They don't need to send out any money. The Hawks would send a second-round pick to the Golden State Warriors. So they're getting a Davis for a second-round pick. The Warriors would send Willie Cauley-Stein to the Utah Jazz. And the Jazz would send out two of their future second-round picks to the Warriors. So in summary, the Warriors get three second-round picks, the Hawks get Ed Davis, and the Jazz get Willie Cauley-Stein. Um, Ed Davis would immediately be probably the best center on the roster for the Hawks. Um, I think he's better than Alex Len and Damian Jones. Could maybe be even their starter, or at least a high-minute backup for them. The Warriors would open up a roster spot so they could bring Marquise Chris back, who they had to waive uh, a couple days ago. And they really like him, so they could bring him back. They open up some cap room and some relief away from the uh, hard cap that they're next to. And they get three second-round picks in the future that they could probably trade to become one uh, kind of in that 15 to 30 range um, first-round pick later on. In Willie Cauley-Stein, the Jazz would be getting a center that I don't know how well he fits the culture. That's the one thing I'd be worried about. Um, I think the same trade would work really well with the Thunder and just replace Willie Cauley-Stein with Ner Nerland's Noel. Um, same exact parameters of the trade, though. Thunder would get uh, three second-round picks. But my thinking here is get a long, athletic big man that can slide their feet, can play some switch defenses, which is huge in the uh, uh, when you get into playoff time, and get a center that can run the pick and roll real well, is a lob catcher type of guy on the offense. Um, Willie Cauley-Stein is about three or four inches taller than Ed Davis. He's really long. He's probably the most athletic center in the NBA right now. Um, problem is he's just not the hardest worker not super focused and he has honestly just hasn't had good coaching his in his career in the NBA so far um, we see him making strides right now with the Warriors under Steve Kerr and I don't consider Steve Kerr to be an absolutely amazing coach um, but he is a good enough coach to help Willie Cauley-Stein progress in his career become the defender that he's supposed to be I think under a guy like Quinn Snyder, um, Willie Cauley-Stein could become one of the best defenders in the NBA. So then you could have Rudy Gobert backed up by another amazing defender 
And then Tony Bradley, who's really come along this year. And it'd be kind of cool to have Tony Bradley and Willie Cauley-Stein fighting for that uh, backup center position. Um, also for the Jazz, if Willie Cauley-Stein, or if they do the other one, bring in Nerlens Noel, if either of them don't work out, you just let them go in the summer. Um, you know, no harm, no foul. All you, all you lost for it was a couple second rounders and you lose Ed Davis, but you weren't playing him anyway. So really all you're losing in him is a great mentor for young bigs. Um, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode so I don't lose my voice again. It's already starting to give out on me. Um, you know, thank you for listening. If you listened all the way through this, you know, thank you for dealing with my nasty sounding voice right now. Um, yeah, um, I try, I was planning on putting out a couple more episodes of the NBA podcast. Um, but again, I lost my voice. So as soon as I can talk normally again, I'll start pumping those out again. Cause I like doing that podcast. I just haven't had the time to get them out, but I'm going to really start to manage my time better and get those out. Cause again, I really like making them and I have a lot of information to get out there. So be looking out for those. Um, and again, thank you for listening to the jazz talk podcast. Go jazz.